Welcome to episode 196 of The Call Room. I'm your host, David Griffiths. A really fun episode coming up tonight. Uh, I hope you'll be able to stick around and enjoy all of it. A bit later on in the show, we're going to be having the first part of our interview with Seeker Brewing, uh, a new brewery onto the podcast. Uh, still a couple of tasting packs, I think, left in our online store. Grab them and check them out if you're going to be uh, joining us for that bit of the show. Some really fun beers, uh, some hops you don't see very often, some experimental hops, uh, and some great yarns with the team uh, up there. Really looking forward to the yarns with Ben and Jeff from Seeker Brewing. But look, before we get onto that, we're going to be setting the stage a little bit with uh, a chat with Nigel from the South Coast Ale Trail uh, up in New South Wales. Seeker is very much on that Ale Trail, and I thought it'd be a good way of shouting out to, first of all, the South Coast team, uh, but also just setting the stage a little bit for the brewery and brewery revolution that's happening up in that part of the world. So that's where we're kicking off the show today. Make sure you're following us on the social medias so that you can find all of the other fun things that we're doing. Uh, we've got our live shows coming up. We're out at Burnley Brewing tonight, as I record. Uh, at the end of October, we're going out to Masterson's Bar in Mooney Ponds to catch up with Bell's Beach Brewery. And our next online show is going to be with Sailor's Grave uh, on Thursday the 21st. Uh, so hopefully you'll be able to come along and join us for that. Uh, and also, just a little note that if you're going to our online store, make sure you check out the treats from the black box section. Uh, many of you will know that we collabed with Carwin Sellers earlier this year and 12 of Australia's best breweries to put together the Carwin cool room black box uh, and we've broken up some of those black boxes so that you can now grab individual cans of the beers you loved the most from uh, from those episodes. Four great episodes, 12 brewers talking on the podcast uh, about the beers that they made for that black box. Some really fun stuff in there. Well, look, without any further ado, let's kick off with our interview with Nigel from the South Coast Ale Trail. <laughs> Joined now by Nigel Ailing, uh, the head man up at the Ale Trail. Can't wait to have a bit of a yarn about everything that's going on up the south coast there uh, and to put the brewery that we're going to be featuring on this podcast into a bit of context. We're going to be talking to Seeker later on. But, Nigel, tell us a bit, first of all, about the South Coast Ale Trail. For people who are from other parts of Australia, tell us whereabouts you are and then we can start to run down what people can experience if they go and, uh, go and explore the Ale Trail. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, David. So, yeah, the South Coast Ale Trail uh, covers about 350 kilometres from Wollongong down to Pambula on the south coast of New South Wales. So um, currently we have 11 breweries on that list, but there's more, uh, there's definitely more than that in the area and we're hoping to get a, a few more of those on board soon. And so, for, again, for people even from overseas, we're probably talking about, what, a couple of hundred kilometres there? How far is sort of the distance? This isn't like a nice inner city, let's go for a walk and drop into a few places kind of scenario, is it? No, no, no. So it's, it's 350 kilometres from Wollongong to Pandela. So 
Uh, Wash, you could drive that comfortably in a day. You certainly couldn't visit 11 breweries and drive <laughs> comfortably in a day. So we'd sort of recommend that you stretch it out about, across about probably three days for fairly comfortable drive. It'd be a, a beautiful time of the year as spring's coming, just the, you know, those, those first sort of hot days up down the coast there. Um, some great spots to sort of hang out, have a few beers, but also see some pretty spectacular sights, I imagine. Yeah, so uh, when we talk about the Ale Trail, we say it's not a destination, it's a journey. So it's not somewhere where you can just like, you know, the inner west of Sydney where you can just go there for the day and spin around and go to all the breweries. It's a, it's an experience and uh, the south coast of New South Wales, if people are not familiar with it, it's a beautiful place. We've got amazing unspoiled beaches. We've got, you know, beautiful national parks and state forests and you know some of the some some amazing food and wine and drinks and stuff so the south coast in itself is a is a remarkable place to visit um and we just want to uh, link that whole thing together by you know through through the love of beer what was the inspiration for you to get involved like you know where did the idea come from so uh, I've had a background in sort of running small businesses for 20 or 30 years, been involved in tourism and sports retail businesses. Um, but you know, for the last 14 years, I've been working in the digital marketing space. Um, so I run a di digital marketing agency. And so for me, it's really just about elevating, you know, things that I, that I love, you know. So, I mean, I worked in the golf industry and we set up a golf trail and uh, I love craft beer, so why not set up a craft beer trail? It sounds like a brilliant idea. Were you sitting at a craft brewery when you decided what you were going to do or at the pub? What's the, you know, give us a bit of the, the context for yours, for your involvement. Um, I think it had just sort of evolved over a period of time like I'd been you know obviously uh, I run a, a craft beer group we've got about 14,000 members in that um, you know we're always talking about you know beers and brewers and you know often you know when I, whenever I go somewhere I always make sure I, I, I visit the brewery so it's sort of I guess over a period of time you know as the as the amount of breweries increased on the south coast having conversations with a number of people, it was really like, well, you know, I mean, if you go to the Hunter Valley or, you know, the Seppled or something like that in, in Adelaide, like people know those areas for the wineries um, and people know that, you know, there's a lot of breweries, say, on the Gold Coast or they know there's a lot in, in Marrickville or in Melbourne, but they don't, didn't really know that the South Coast had so many breweries. So, I guess it was just uh, something that happened over a period of time. It's like, well, we've got some great breweries here. We've got a great story. Uh, we just need to pull it all together. So, you know, that's how it came about. Look, it's a brilliant idea. It's funny, you know, we're off to record our 200th episode tonight, and yet Seeker is the only one of the 11 breweries on your list that we've had on the show. This is just proving your point. Yeah. Uh, I know many of the other names, but we haven't actually tasted them before. They don't often get down to sort of those beers down to Melbourne and so forth. So, can you can you give us a bit of a run through if you were if you were going to go for a drive over three or four days, let's say, at which direction would you go in and where would you be starting out? Yeah, you know, I guess it depends whether you're travelling north or south. But assuming that probably a, a fair amount of the traffic would come from Sydney originally. So you can get down to Wollongong very easily in a day. And, and just in Wollongong itself, you've basically got, 
you know, three or four breweries just around there. So uh, Resin Brewing, which is an amazing um, uh, facility. It's, uh, it's an old uh, railway house right next to the railway station in Bulleye. Um, and they've totally renovated it and brought it back to life. It's a beautiful building uh, and they make some, some really great beers. Then you've got Rube Goldberg Brewing Machine, which is a, 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 a sneaky little one in a, at the back of Tarawana in Wollongong. It's a ripper um, name for a brewery, can I say? It's a, it's a great name, but when you, when you go there and you see it, you understand why, because Rube Goldberg was this guy who designed all this really weird and wonderful equipment that basically was more complicated than it needed to be. Um, but they've created, you know, a Rube Goldberg brewing system, which is, you know, it's really amazing because they use, rather than use pressure, you know, they use, uh, you know, um, drop feeds and things like this. So it's sort of, it looks a bit like looking at a Dr. Zeus uh, <laughs> book or something like that, but they make some amazing lagers there, uh, some really good beers. And then you've got Seeker Brewing, who you're going to be talking to about later. Yeah, uh, um, those guys there, they've, they've sort of, that's a, just sort of changed a little bit over the last few years, but punching out some really great beers there and, you know, a lot of really hop forward beers and award winning beers. So, you know, all of that's within a very easy drive, um, from, you know, Sydney down to Wollongong. That, and that's sort of probably as far as you get by the time you visited three or four breweries around there. That's a, that's your first day out. That's sort day of one, yeah. Yep. So then, you know, if you want to uh, go a little bit further, so you can head down uh, around Jeringong and Nara, Sussex Inlet, that sort of place. So uh, Stoic Brewing is in Jeringong. That's a father and son business. They've been going there for about four or five years. Uh, industrial estate, uh, a really good little uh, local drinking hole. There's a lot of these are, you know, it's, you know, the locals love going there, but uh, you know, if you're traveling, it's definitely worthwhile stopping in there. So with some beautiful views over the valley, mm. then you've got um, Joey and Simon at Southeast Brewing. Now that's, that's a really sort of out of the way place that's in South Nara. So if people know Nara, it's sort of on the Northern um, side of the bridge and then out in an industrial state, but Joey and Simon are a, uh, twins. In fact, Seeker Brewing is run by twins as well. I was so going to say, is there something in the water up there? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Seeker uh, got twin brothers and, Sto and um, South East have got um, twin brothers and they're both musicians as well. So there's a good thing about a lot of these little breweries is they, you know, they have their Sunday sessions with a little you know, gig happening and maybe a few, few food trucks pull up and, you know, some good beer and some good vibes. So, yeah, that's uh, southeast brewing. And then going a little bit further down towards Jervis Bay, you've got Jervis Bay Brewing, and they're probably one of the biggest uh, brewers mm. on the south coast. So, you know, uh, um, they've been around a, a little while now and have expanded their operations and they're basically up to about a million litres a year now with their, um, with their brewery. So that's a pretty big... Uh, they've got a tap room, but then they also have uh, a quite a big uh, brew house facility there as well. So, um, you know, not all of these breweries do sort of canning, but, uh, you know, Jervis Bay Brewing is a sort of beer you could probably go into maybe, your, you know, your local Dan's or Bottolo and be able to see some of those sort of beers around there as well. Yeah, that's probably the one absolutely that we do see probably the most of down here in Melbourne from time to time. It pops up, not re not super regularly, but it certainly does come down here a bit. Yeah. 
And then just not for, much further down the road, you've got Swordfish Brewing, and they're they're a relatively new one. They're actually um, the guy that set that up um, is also a partner in Resin Brewing, and he used to holiday down in Sussex Inlet, which is a tiny little fishing town. Um, and saw the opportunity for a brewery down there. So they've just opened up a, a nice little, well, it's actually not little, it's probably, it's a really nice venue and they've got a, a great uh, menu and, and restaurant there and it sort of overlooks the, the Sussex Inlet water there. And, you know, we were up there the other day filming something and we had swans and siglets all walking up around the brewery and, you know, and again, another nice little place with some... Uh, some good food and some great beer and that sort of, like, if you got that far, I think you've done pretty well. That's yeah, day that, two. That's day two, is it? You obviously need a designated driver for some of this adventure, but that, that'll be day two. Yeah, yeah. And then if you, for day three, basically, um, and this would be, again, depending on which way you're coming, but this is on the, the further south part of it. So just below um, Batemans Bay, we've got Browley Brewhouse. Those guys have been going for a couple of years. Um, you could not get a brewery much closer to a beach than Browley Brewhouse. You could uh, throw a stone from the brewery and pretty much land it on the beach. Um, and uh, Browley, for those that don't know, is a small little seaside town, uh, you know, pretty laid-back atmosphere. But these guys, again, you know, great outdoor uh, facility. They've got bands on the weekends and, you know, people just wander in off the beach in their thongs and their swimmers and you know sit down have a beer and a burger and stuff like that so um that's that's a great little spot and then a little bit further down the road from there we've got tilba brewing company which is probably the the most uh, interesting in terms of the brew, brewery itself because they don't brew on site uh their beers are actually brewed up in um uh, Stoic Brewing in Jeringong, mm-hmm. but the, the facility is actually called the Dromedary Hotel, which is in the main street of Tilbur, and the Drom, Drom is uh, about 150 years old, and uh, the whole of Tilbur is a heritage-listed town, so you've got these beautiful old buildings, you know, with the, uh, the old pub with the verandas going around the front, um, and you can sit out there and just watch the world go by. They do some amazing, you know, like sort of gastro pub style food. Um, and you can, you know, drink fresh beer there as well. So, uh, that's an interesting little one. And, the, and then a little bit further down the road, you go to Bermagui. Um, and there's Camel Rock Brewery. And this is, uh, the first brewery they claim is the first brewery in the world that was built in a caravan park or so a holiday park. So, <laughs> I don't know um, of any others, so I'm not going to argue with them. <laughs> yeah, well, so Wallaga Lake's a, a beautiful lake just north of Bermagui, and uh, it's quite a big holiday park. And um, yeah, so they've got a, uh, they've actually got a brew kit in there. So again, uh, outdoor facility there. You know, uh, they do American style um, menu with barbecues and ribs and you know all that sort of stuff. And they've got a new brewer up there who's brewing some really nice beers. So the great thing about that is you can go stay there for the weekend. We stayed up there one weekend and stayed in a cabin which was about 50 meters away from the brewery. So uh, no worrying about driving or anything there. That was good. That sounds perfect. Yeah. And then right at the bottom, which is near my hometown, so I'm based at Marimbula, um, which is almost on the, the border here between Victoria and New South Wales. And if people are coming up from Victoria, they'd, they'd be familiar with Marimbula. And um, 
So there's uh, the uh, Long Stocking Brewery, which is our local, uh, which is in Pambula. And again, really good facility, indoor, outdoor. You know, you can go out the back and play cricket. And, you know, the kids have got something to do. It's dog friendly. It's, uh, it's kid friendly. And, you know, just within that facility where the Long Stocking Brewery is, they've got a um, they've got a, a an art gallery. They've got a chocolate shop. They've got a cafe. They've got a um, a nursery and a kids petting zoo. So basically, there's you go into that area there. There's something for everybody: grandma, grandpa, kids, mum and dad. And uh, yeah, they're making some some really good beers too. So I guess you know there's a lot of different varieties when it comes to the breweries, and um, you know they're obviously spread over a, a, a fair way. So like I said, probably a three days to comfortably do it all. But you know there's a lot to see and do, especially in between those places as well. That's what I was about to say, and uh, you know I've just been talking to some of our international listeners recently, or at least emailing. And, you know, what you're sort of describing there is almost a quintessentially Australian experience, isn't it? That if you could take a, even a, a week or two, you could do a brewery a day or do a couple one day and then take the kids to do something else the next day. Um, it sounds just like, you know, the sun is out here. I'm excited about being outside drinking again. This just sounds like the perfect place to be doing it. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, there's, there's there's a lot to do on the south coast, even if you're not visiting in a brewery. I mean, this time of the year we've got whale watching. You know, you can jump on a jump on a cruise today and go out and see the whales migrating, and and not just a few. There's hundreds of them. You know, um, you know, when we when we did this, we were doing some filming the other week for a video. You know, the amount of amazing footage that we captured just in between the spots. You know. Uh, down at Eden, which is like 20 minutes from here, they're, they're just about to open $8 million worth of um, mountain bike tracks, you know. Mm. Um, some of the going to be some of the best mountain biking in the area. And then, of course, like I said, we've already got some of the best seafood in the country. Our oysters from down here are, are uh, you know, world class. Um, and then, you know, amazing beaches like... Um, uh, Huskisson's got, you know, some of the widest beaches in the world. Um, and then further up you go around Wollongong and places like that, you just, you know, such diversity on, on the South Coast, you know, great food, great experiences, beautiful countryside, and, and largely unspoiled as well, which is uh, probably the best part about the South Coast. What are you going to be doing with the, uh, with the footage you've been uh, putting together? I guess it's interesting to sort of hear how you're helping to push, you know, the stories of these breweries out there into the wide world. Yeah, so uh, very fortunate to get the the assistance from a friend of mine who is a professional cameraman and producer, a TV producer. He produces sort of, uh, you know, adventure-type uh, TV programs. So I conned him into coming along for the for the drive. Um, didn't take a lot. I just said, I'll give you free beer and free food all along the way, and he's like, I'm there. <laughs> what, 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 what a terrible offer that was to make to him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but so we, we captured a lot of great footage. Like I said, even from, uh, you know, up at Wollongong, we were we were over the Seacliff Bridge flying, um, flying drones over there. We were capturing people, you know, hang gliding. And, you know, we went through in Nara, we went up this sort of tree climbing um uh, facility and you know ropes courses and all this sort of stuff so we, we got a that lot was before of... you went to the pub for lunch i presume <laughs> yeah uh no i think we'd been to we'd already been to one brewery when we went there so <laughs> 
Um, but we did have to restrain ourselves a little bit because we, it was a pretty busy few days and we were doing a lot of travelling. But, yeah, so the idea will be at the end of this we'll have like maybe a 90-second video for each of the breweries and then we're going to string one longer one together for about probably four or five minutes that will tell the story of the whole South Coast Ale Trail. Um, and hopefully uh, because of the quality of the production and his knowledge, we might be able to give that to, you know, somebody like a Sydney Weekender or something because, you know, here's a, here's a four-minute story on breweries on the south coast or something like that. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out, but uh, I'm really excited to get the footage and, uh, of course, we'll be sharing it, you know, through our, our website and our social media as well. Look, you've taken the words out of my mouth there because I was about to ask for people who want to know more or, you know, keep up to date with all of the bits of news that are going along. First of all, plug your group with your 14,000 uh, members, but then let's hear about the uh, the Ale Trail socials as well and the website so that we can uh, make sure that we keep up with the stories. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, southcoastaletrail.net.au is the website and just Google South Coast Ale Trail and it'll come up. Same with all the socials. It's all under South Coast Ale Trail. And, uh, yeah, my, um, my own personal, um, uh, Facebook group and followers, it's called Be Education. So, um, you know, very much uh, interested in helping educate people about, uh, beer. And, uh, yeah, so that's a, I guess a, a whole nother side of what I do. And, uh, you know, I'm currently studying, studying Cicerone so I can, uh, you know, be better informed and, you know, uh, better equipped to, to talk to people about uh, uh, beer and all the amazing offerings that we have uh, available to us today. But you sound like a very, very busy man. So for that reason, a big thank you for taking a little bit of time out on a Friday afternoon to have a yarn with us. I'm really looking forward to when those videos come out and we'll make sure that we share that with our listeners when they do. And um, thanks very much for your time today, Nigel. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, David. We're going to be catching up with the team from Seeker tonight. First time on the podcast, some amazing beers in our tasting pack. Uh, I think I've got one tasting pack left in the Shopify, so if you'd like to enjoy the podcast with the right beers in front of you, you've got to move quickly. A man who moves quickly, well, occasionally, it's Mr Warren Wu. Mr Warren Wu, how are you? I'm very good, David Griffiths. Uh, yeah, that's, I suppose that's a compliment. It is. I've seen you, I've seen you move quickly at times. I saw you move quickly last night at the school concert uh, as you rushed for the refreshment stand at halftime. Yeah, I think, I think that was the idea of everyone at the school play. It was, uh, yeah, it was a doozy. Well done to everyone at Flemington Primary School for putting that one on. Um, it was, yeah, it was a cracker. Um, it was no bar, I noticed, and I can't help but blame myself for that as the person <laughs> who normally runs the bar at those. Um, yeah, the the members of a couple members of the the parent teacher association uh, bailed me up and asked me why I hadn't volunteered to do stuff. Um, yeah, such as school life and the lack of volunteers. That's right. Your kid is in your kid is in prep. Mine's in grade six. It's no longer my problem, but it will be yep, be your problem for the next yeah, few years. Totally. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So here we are in Melbourne. That's it's spring. The blackbirds are talking outside. It's been a wonderful sort of twenty five, twenty six degree day. 
Mm-hmm. I've got hay fever because the show's about to start and they've brought the goat round to the Royal Melbourne Showgrounds and I'm allergic to it or the chicken or whatever whatever animal it is. There's one thing that happens at this time of year, like literally show week every year, I get the sniffles. Um, but I can't wait to be smelling and tasting the beers that we've got before us tonight, Mr. Wood. Yeah, this is going to be really exciting and for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, we've got... Seeker Brewing on, which we, we, first time, first time guests, we've had a lot of re- return, returned guests, uh, this season or this year. So it's really great to get some new, new fresh blood on, especially with the beers we're going to have. Um, mm, yeah, super meat. excited about this. Yeah, yeah, it's fresh meat. Um, so in usual cool room style, given that we've got two guests, why don't we start? I think it'll work really well if we get Ben to introduce Jeff. And tell us a little bit about Jeff and what he does. Okay. And keeping in mind that uh, in a moment, Jeff is going to get a chance <laughs> to then uh, introduce you, Ben. So, so tell, tell ben, us what his favourite macro beer is. Oh, yeah, and his favourite macro beer and his favourite craft beer, which is a, a Seeker beer. Okay. There we go. How's that for you, Ben? All right, on the spot there, but I reckon I can pull something together. Great. All right, so um, Jeff's a bit of a farm town kid. Um, grew up in uh, regional New South Wales um, on the family farm. Moved to the Big Smoke after school and um, fell in love with brewing, I guess. Um, bit of a bit of a wizard in my eyes, I like to call him. Um, he's sort of um, wizard on the drum kit and wizard in the brewing world. But, um, yeah, so... Very, very talented, so that's why I enjoy working with him. Um, and uh, a cousin of mine, so, yeah, we like to work closely um, and have for a few years now. Um, I guess his favourite macro beer, if we're rolling straight into that, I, I reckon um, it, maybe he follows in his father's footsteps in a sense and um, loves a 4X gold. Um, I, know, I know his dad used to knock back a few of those in the day, so... That'd well, have to be my macro, I guess, but, um, yeah. Love know. it. Love it. How about a micro? How about a, a craft beer? What do you think What do you think Jeff's favourite craft beer or craft beer style is? Well, this, this one's definitely a tricky one. Um, I'm going to have to take a stab and um, just because it's fresh in my memory, I'm drinking one now, but maybe you're – Maybe a hazy from uh, the legends up the road um, at one drop. Um, Ooh, maybe, good one. maybe something from them. Yeah, that's yeah. a good call. That's a good call. You guys haven't got round to putting any of your beer into a slushy machine or anything like that yet, have you? That's the last time we caught up with one drop. That's what was happening out at Hopheads in Yarraville. Yeah, I never say never. <laughs> now, what, what I want to know, what I want to know, Ben, is. You've, you've said there that, uh, that Jeff likes the drum kit and so forth. What is it about his drumming style that translates to his beer style, do you reckon? Is there a little bit of an insight there that we can see? Are we talking, you know, fast Metallica stuff? Are we talking more sedate, you know, rhythms? Think, what, what's going on there? I think he's got rhythm, groove and good timing. So I think that makes a good brewer. Uh, well, you've kept your job. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw it back the other way. Yeah, yeah. I reckon. Tell us all about Ben. 
Oh, well, yeah, Ben's, um, he's one year older than me. We grew up together on the same farm, our grandfather's farm up at good old Barrival on um, some property up there on a dairy farm. Uh, we, we went our separate ways. Ben said before I went to Sydney, Ben went to Brisbane. We didn't stay in touch too much until we both sort of fell in love with, <laughs> fell in love, it was romantic, fell in love <laughs> with craft beer. Um, I was I was playing around a lot, home brewing, and then um, Ben was also, you know, frequenting a lot of breweries and had a had a fridge full of different craft beers. So he was probably a little bit more worldly on that side of things, where I was getting more technical. Yeah, and then um, once we got into Seeker, we yeah we became partners, and yeah, the rest is history. Ben's Ben's our marketing sales expert. He's got he's got all the big ideas, so we um yeah we we make a pretty good team. And Ben Ben um Ben's also a good drummer as well. We grew up playing music together, so um we we've got mm. that we've got that in common as well. Are the whole family drummers, or did anyone else like learn the saxophone yeah. or something? Oh well, my twin brother plays bass, and our dad, my dad plays drums as well. So yeah, it's not too yeah we stuck to what was available to us. <laughs> And, um, and favourite beers? Do you want to repay the gold oh, yeah. forex gold compliment? Yeah, that was a dirty low blow. Um, <laughs> we we like it when that happens early. It's yeah, yeah, things up for the rest um, of the show. Yeah, he got me there. I don't know. What... Oh, I'm go- I'm going to go lower and say Great Northern. <laughs> oh. oh, this is this is going to be a spicy one, Mister Wood. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nasty. I don't think I think Ben would die on die on his bloody sword before I see him with a macro. (laughs) Um, Micro, I think. Oh, I'm I'm tossing up between two breweries right now, but I'm probably I think just more all time. It's probably going to be some sort of range. DDH. You know, I don't know. I'm just going to guess lights and music. <laughs> Is that one of their beers? Oh. Oh, that's the tipper, mate. Oh, that's a tipper. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are probably a close enough guess. Now, we have a lot of international listeners. We're normally referring to all the places that start with F at the moment because Fiji and Finland have been big uh, listeners lately. Actually, South Africa is the one. I can't believe they actually haven't been bigger listeners before. South Africa's numbers are hitting it out of the park at the moment. For people in South Africa who've got to get their head around where you guys are, both in terms of Wollongong but also where you grew up, let's introduce sort of Australian geography. Let's talk about where you are and let's paint a bit of a picture of what it would look like if we were rolling up to the brewery tonight. Yeah, cool. Well, you'd be coming down the escarpment from Sydney. It's about an hour drive south of Sydney. Mm. Uh, it's actually quite picturesque. I love it down here. I obviously didn't grow up in Wollongong, but um, spent a lot of time here now and absolutely love it. So you come, come down the escarpment and you get the whole view of like Wollongong, the beach and the town. Keep... You sort of bypass the main area and you come into like an industrial area, actually. You'll see a sign that says Nentian Temple, which is the largest um, Buddhist temple in the Southern Hemisphere. 
and you're not going there. I love there. things that are the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Anyone who knows me knows that is like my catchphrase. So, so instead of going there and, um, you know, doing something quite wholesome, well, you turn left and you enter our brewery, which is quite cool, I think. So, you, you know, you got it's a fork in the road. You can go two ways with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll come. So we're, we're I guess, yeah, we're a little bit out of town compared to all the other breweries in Wollongong. There's actually seven now. There's probably eight. They're popping up pretty quick. Um, so we're a bit out of town. You have to sort of, you have to make the effort. But I think once you're there, you, you know, we hope that, like, you know, you, you don't want to leave. So that's, you know, once once they're in our web, we try and keep them there. Um, and then, yeah, so the what's what's great about the brewery is we, we, it's quite a big space. It's quite open. We've got, got a really, I think we've got a good atmosphere there. We've got 14 beers on tap. We've actually got a permanent, um, stage set up for live music, and we've we have up to like twelve piece bands play and stuff. With so, you know, it's not it's not massive, but we're Are they all drummers. <laughs> yeah, they would if I, they would be if I had my way. I actually said I want a drumming circle. No, I've one night. That know. would be awesome. I think it could be cool. I think yeah. bring your djembe and um, buy a beer and you know free. You know, free entertainment. That would be sick. Yeah. Bring back the djembe circle, I say. That has to happen. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> need I to so. do. I'm all. I'm all for it. Uh, yeah. Um, but, does does yeah. music? So music obviously plays a big part in in, in what you guys do and and the. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. It's, um. I think like going back to the location where we are not only sort of providing sort of, you know, um, you know, top shelf beers, I guess, well, hmm. beers that we think we can, you know, we brew to our best of our ability. We, we want to put on, we, you know, we want to make people have a good time and like music's a big one for us. Like I spent a lot of time um, playing music and working as a like um, session player. So yeah, just, you know, we want to create that. It's good when you're working there too. We want to watch. We want to watch music too while we're standing at the bar pouring beers. So <laughs> sometimes we think it's just for us. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so I'm the one who normally doesn't do enough research, so I can ask all the stupid questions, which is yeah. actually really fun. Um, so what's with the name? Why Seeker? By the way, Ben, awesome. Uh, if if you're uh, as as sales guru and marketing person, if you're um you're responsible for the branding and the way the the uh, and the the feel of the the brand. Yeah, top shelf. It's really good. Um, but yeah, what's so let's 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 explore why Seeker. Why Seeker Brewing? Yeah, well, like seek the name Seeker kind of landed on. Landed on my lap. I think when we we're kind of coming up with names, we you know you toss and turn between. It's like coming up with a band name. I'm going to reference bands a lot, but um, you sit there, yeah. There's you, you throw out thousands of names, and then you look it up, and someone's taken it, or it's just this and that, and you know it's just going to be too hard, or it doesn't quite fit. And um, whether or not this is like a, you know, uh, a halo moment. I was um just in the shopping center one day, and like. I think I was just searching probably some cheese and I had the sort of word seeker come to mind, <laughs> but it wasn't just, it wasn't from that. It was like sort of the, once we, 
once we started saying it and like found connection with what we sort of believed in, which is like that whole kind of adventure and music, like, you know, seeking kind of new things, like obviously seeking like uh, good beer, how, how to seek out how to brew better beer, like searching for things, you know, it's like, I feel like that philosophy is kind of something that I really believe in. So, you know, that like hunting for that cheese really sort of just, you know, opened the floodgates there. But yeah, well, we didn't have like a definite kind of, well, this is our, this is, you know, this is what we are or who we are. It kind of landed on our lap and it's sort of one of those moments where you go, oh, that makes so much sense for, you know, where we are in Wollongong. Wollongong's um, huge. It's good for big surf town and it's like really um, popular for mountain bike riding as well. And we're, um, a lot of, we all sort of do a bit of that at the breweries with staff and stuff. So, yeah. We've got, to, we've got to work off the beer somehow. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I suppose at this point, uh, before we get too far, it's probably good to talk about the beer that we're drinking, which is bloody delicious. And, you know, a little bit off the beaten track, I suppose, like Wollongong. Um, what, so West Coast Pilsner with Yakima Chief 522. Shit, that's a big lot of stuff. Um, so, yeah, so experimental hop. In a pilsner, yeah. Give, us, yeah. give us a little bit of of a background and maybe a bit of a tasting on what what we should be what we should be getting here. Yeah, well, this one's just like experimental is a key word here. We um, usually when these hops come about, like the sales rep from Yakima, whoever it is, like contacting, hey, we got these spot hops um, on the market. If you're willing to try it, and there was a whole bunch of sort of looked at the list and this one sort of popped out um, as well as another one that we'll probably talk about soon. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you sort of every hop description sounds amazing, but this one kind of like had some other attributes to it that we thought would work really good in a, like a West coast style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the West coast Pilsner was something that we hadn't brewed before. And I was interested in giving it a go. So, um, yeah, it was one of those things we threw together a few few exciting new things. We don't like to do things kind of, oh, let's play it safe with a new style. It's like, well, let's just use a new hop we never have in a new style we've never brewed and hope for the best. Sometimes it works, sometimes it, sometimes, you know, it's still good, but, um, you know, you would change things if you did it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so the obvious question is we know what, West Coast usually refers to, and we know what Pilsner usually refers to, don't often see them together. No. What is a West Coast Pilsner? Well, what for you guys? How do you, yeah, how do we come to a West Coast Pilsner? I'm going to put the sales guy on, on this one. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good call. He knows what it. he's selling. Yeah. <laughs> he does. And, and, and here's where you find out how he sells it. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it, Ben. All right. So I reckon... Um, I describe this one as a as a sessionable West Coast at five point eight percent, a little bit piney, sort of that little bit of citrus there, um, but a really dry, clean sort of pilsner finish to it. So that's where the pilsner comes into play. Um, both styles are on the upward trend, or I guess the West Coast is back and the pilsner is back. So a um, couple of breweries has done have done the hybrid, and we didn't want to be last so um i think that's where it was on our little you know brew 
to-do brew list, I guess. Me and Jeff sort of have a little thing like that going and um, he had a new hop that sort of suited it maybe a West Coast and, um, yeah, he just jumped on the opportunity to put it together and, yeah, I find it really nice. Um, yeah, good session, Westy. I yeah. think um, the way people push <clears throat> certain styles so much as a brewer you'll be like, well, let's do a West Coast, you know, let's dry it out. Let's like make it, you know, let's put that really clean yeast in. Then it ends up going, oh, wow, like this probably falls into a Pilsner territory. Like, you know, we're not, we're, I'm not discovering it, but this is how my thought is when it comes to that. And you go, okay, well, it's both in a way. Um, we did use a lager yeast. We fermented a little bit warmer, a bit under pressure too. So, you know, it's got some attributes there of, of both, I think. Um if we're talking about the hop, the hops was quite cool. We, you know, if did it again, I'd probably say like, yeah, we probably could like um, use the hop in a different light, but we sort of were like, hey, what the hell, let's just chuck, like put, you know, let's go for it. Um, we found it quite interesting. Yeah, it's quite very interesting hop. Something that we don't, a flavour that we don't, get a lot in our beers so um it's very it's, it's quite different so, this, so let's go right back a little well not right back let's go back a little bit so tell us who yakima chief is um i've always known them as like a hop dealer um yeah what what like why they do you and yeah how how did yeah it's, is it just a case of um, them approaching you um, for a specific reason? Did they say that you needed to do something specific with with the experimental styles that you they they shot you? No, not at all. It was um, it was sort of more through cryo malt. I think they get an allocation and they um put the word out there. So they from you know we're probably not probably don't have enough um, cred at this point for them to kind of want to like you know. Mm-hmm. on us to advertise their hops just yet but um yeah it's cryo malt because they've got the distribution here in australia but yakima chief obviously like in the um mid northwest oh no they're just in the northwest in in the states there mm-hmm. so um we we primarily use a lot of their stuff yeah so yeah. Yeah, great and do yeah. you have to feed back to them at all sort of afterwards like a, a, Given it's an experimental hop, I mean, I wish, wish we were better at that. <laughs> so we do, like going going into hot Yakima Chief, sort of huge. Um, we do a lot of feedback with a lot of smaller guys. Obviously, freestyles come on the scene pretty hard. They're so personable and love you know any feedback they can get. There's also you've got Ryefield hops, who are even smaller. They're only just pelletizing their hops now, so. Stuff like that we do a lot of because it feels a little bit more, you know, local. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bit more supportive there. Where we're probably just too small. Like we're only ordering like really little amount of hops. You know, mm-hmm. we're no Mount, Mount Culture Bolter just yet. So you know that we can always sell podcast. What's yeah. that? Send Jack and Machu the link to the podcast, and you know. <laughs> Yeah, come on, guys. We want that truckload of hops. Go. <laughs> we go through a lot, but yeah, I don't know. What um, what makes this beer a seeker 
beer. Like, are there any? Uh, is there anything you can point to? They just go, oh yeah, that's bit seeker. That's that's what we're looking for. Um, you don't. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't want to. St- <laughs> this could be interesting one. I feel like um, here comes the scoop, Warren. You don't <laughs> want to be the scoop. I feel like with a seeker beer, you're not. You're definitely not searching for the flavour there. Like, I would say we're that subtle. You know, if we're going to use a hop, are we going to use it? Um, if we're going to use, if we're going to push a flavour in a beer, we're going to really push it. Um, you know, so I think with that experimental hop, we focused on that hop. It's like, well, okay, we're not just going to use a little bit with like four other hops. We're going to just really drive this one and see what it actually does. Mm. Flavour-wise, it's probably the most obscure beer, really, um, in our repertoire. Yeah, it's definitely different than what we normally do. So, kind of makes a cool experience for the regular customers, I guess. So, hmm. Yeah. And how much is that? A part? I mean, we normally ask about you know how important the tap room is and the regular customers. You know how how important is that feedback? Do you ever sort of tweak and change recipes? You know, are there sort of pallets out there that you trust to come in regularly? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But so. Because of the style of the hybrid style of it, people people come in and go, yeah, give us a pilsen, and they don't realise it's quite a hop pop forward, like so quite bitter. Mm. I think it's a bit, it's a lot more bitter than just a pilsner. So, yeah, it's quite interesting hearing feedback and stuff. But we like to think, you know, people come in and they'll go away with a little bit of education, or you know, they've learnt something different and experienced something new. Yeah, I just did a beer festival on the Gold Coast and I had a lot of people asking for the Pilsner and I just really wanted to clarify with them that it's um, a little bit more bitter and uh, I guess maltier and piney than any Pilsner they've had before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How did it go down with those Pilsner drinkers? Did the, did, yeah. <laughs> they still committed to it. and um, yeah. They're so polite at the brewery for sure. They're like, yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> they you know, some people will love it. But yeah, I think, yeah. It's definitely- like, as someone who drinks, like, we talk about Pilsners a lot because, because as Ben mentioned uh, earlier on, there's kind of a resurgence of Pilsners. Um, yeah. And it's, and it is something that's, so a Pilsner is considered a brewer's beer because there's not many places to hide. Does, does this frame with a little bit more meat to the bone mean that you you can hide a little bit more in it? Not that you're saying you're you're not doing your you're not making your best beer, but can you be a little bit more relaxed in the in in pr- producing this one because because there's such a good hop load behind it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the hop load can can definitely mask any like imperfections or anything with it but there's still I guess the bare bones of it like especially the clarity was something that we really wanted mm. to drive in it so you yep. know that you can't kind of get lazy there and yeah look at that so it's um yeah there's some aspects to it that definitely can't hide but then you know if there was there was um some off flavors there then you know it could it could definitely hide it um, <laughs> not that we ever have purposely trying to hide something. (laughs) Before Warren starts to impugn the good name of the brewery again, uh, (laughs) 
I reckon we're about ready to start to move towards the hazy IPA. Mm. So that's just a bit of a shout out to everyone who's listening on the podcast version. Now's sort of the time to be getting that one out of your fridge and ready to go. And um, I've got my Dougie's chocolate porter out as well. So uh, just so it gets to a nice temperature to drink at. So that's where we're going to be in sort of 20, 25 minutes or so. So just to give people a little bit of a, a sort of a call as to where we're going along the way there. Um, but this beer has been absolutely lovely. As I say, sort of mm. springtime down here, it just feels like the right beer to be kicking off on tonight. And, um, Jeff, it was your call in particular to say the Hazy IPA should be the, the second beer we have tonight. Is there a reason why you think this is the right beer to be going to now? Why do you want to talk about this beer before we even start to talk about it? Um, I'm, it's definitely a favourite style that we like to brew at the brewery for sure. Um, both myself, um, well, we all, we all, who doesn't like a good hazy beer that's well balanced, but um, it's just something that we're always trying to push in what, how we can brew them, um, the way we brew them, how we can get the best out of the hops, um, flavour, body. So it's definitely something that we focus on. For seven of the 14 taps of IPAs, I mean, there's West Coast in there, but a lot of them are pretty hazy. Someone came up and asked for a Nipah the other day, and I had to say which one. And they did, it, the shock on their face was quite, like, it was funny, because I was like, there's actually like probably five or six just there. If you, so, yeah. So, so when they come up, what's it like to have a punter come up to you and sort of say something like that? And do they have any idea your role in it? Or do they just go, oh, here's the average barman. He probably plays drums a bit, but, you know, yeah, don't know whether he's yeah. got much involvement in the brewery. Yeah. Um, this particular instance, they wouldn't have known much. Yeah, it was um, it was for a band night. I think they were just there to watch a band. So, because um, we, we put a lot of music on, I think, yeah, some people probably would never even go to the brewery if it wasn't for the music. So it's kind of nice that they are um, getting new new faces in for like, to watch a band that they might like. But yeah, it can be funny sometimes. Yeah, some of. <laughs> I think I think that's where I try and market a little bit differently with um like a DDHIPA, a NEPA, a double NEPA, you know, and then there's a hazy IPA because that's just the easiest word that everyone can get their head around. But it's all pretty much same same. Mm. Um, we haven't actually spoken about the beer this itself. We've kind of skirted around the actual what it is. So Hazy IPA with Yakima Chief 586. I'm going, how do you sell this, Ben? How do you, what do you do when you walk into a, a bottle shop or a bar and, and go, well, or standing at the, the, the brew pub and, and say, well, why don't you try this Hazy IPA with Yakima Chief 586? Yeah. I, I guess, um, I guess I was first selling it as um, a nice, peachy, sort of tropical, mm-hmm. stone fruit-driven, hazy IPA, um, 6.2%, so a sort of a easier drinking one, a bit like our core range Mystic Nipa. Um, so, yeah, it was it was moving well, and then um, Jeff entered into the uh, AIBA Awards, um, or sorry, the Indie Awards, which just picked up a gold medal recently so um that makes it a bit easier to sell when um you know the bottle shops and bars can see that it's um well acclaimed in that sense so um yeah we sort of 
coming home onto the back end of um, what stock we have left. But um, yeah, I think um, that makes it an easier sell. So thanks, thanks for brewing another good beer, Jeff. <laughs> I I actually would like. I think the hop is great. This one, um, you can just tell sometimes you use a hop, like it comes through, it works. Like the flavor profile is really nice. I this will probably be the next one that you'll hear like a new hop name come out, and you know everyone's using it. Um, I know there's a lot of breweries already using five eight six. You know you see it pop up, so be one to stay tuned for. Um, out of the other, out of the spot hops we've used, this one was like, yeah, like a favourite. So, what would you call it, Jeffrey, if it um, stayed around forever? I love it. Great, Great question, question, Ben. Oh, um, the seeker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine, um, imagine the guys at Yakima Chief going, "We just tried this beer that one Australian brewery said. It's called SeekerBrewing.com.au." <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you've got me thinking. Um, I can I just say I definitely get that pineapple bit out of it. People have heard me say this before, and it might have even been with this same hop. But for me, there's a flavour my mother used to make this sort of odd entree just for Christmas lunch, which was pineapple, cherries, and a little bit of mint, and it almost finishes with that little bit of menthol. It's a beautiful mm. flavour. Is it the yeah. only hop that's in there? No, I think from memory we used to do like, no, a little, little bit of mosaic. Yeah. But um, it's 75% HBC586. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I love that you get that pineapple early, but it doesn't become sort of cloying or too sweet. There's something mm. finishes, you know, really sort of yeah, fresh about sort, it. Sort of light. It's a lighter, hazy, I think. Um, yeah. Mm. That was me feeling for time while you thought about what you were going to call the hop. <laughs> I should call a hot like sunshine or something. Hey, like oh, there we go. Anything that just invokes like a good feeling is just going to sell, like you know, like superdelic or something like no, that. No, superdelic's cool. Yeah, <laughs> Sabro. That's where did Sabro come from? You know, Galaxy. That's cool. Good name. Sabro <laughs> always sounds like it should be the name of a chair or some furniture company or something for me. Sabro, yeah. Sabro is where you drive your Commodore. It's like you drive down Sabro <laughs> oh, yeah. to get to the shops to buy a six-pack of Forex gold. <laughs> like a boulevard in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what Sabro sounds like. Yeah, Sabro. Sounds like Ikea furniture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. yeah. Um, I, think we, I think we need a petition to change Strata. It deserves a better name. It's great hop, but just the name, it doesn't sell, does it? We'd love a good petition. That's the kind of thing. That's the we're running here. Aggressive <laughs> letters to authority figures and petitions are our sort of shtick, along with T-shirts. So, yeah. I, can, I can't help but feel we've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole there, though. <laughs> Could get fun. Uh, I love how Aussie hops have to change their name because, you know, it's a bit raunchy too. That's good. Well, yeah, we're not allowed to call them things like Prosecco hop or, (laughs) Yeah. The Gouda hop is well and truly out. Hopswood hop. (laughs) Mark, Mark, I'm going to say one of our very loyal listeners in the Zoom room with us tonight has suggested that Sabro is the name of an ordinary Spanish clown. (laughs) I've got to say that is (laughs) fantastic. 
Okay. <laughs> That's actually really good. I love it. That's like right, Mark. So he doesn't say much, but when he does, <laughs> it's a corker. Um, I guess the answer's a little bit, in, a bit obvious given how we've already spoken about the flavours you'd expect out of this. But again, for newer people to craft beer, why this hop in this beer and not in the West Coast and so forth? Like, what should we be expecting out of a hazy and how does this hop bring those flavours to the hazy? Um, yeah, well, I, this hop sort of promoted a little bit more of the tropical flavour for sure, like stone fruit, tropical flavours. Um, usually in the right, you can get a bit of an idea as opposed to the other one where they were marketing a bit more piney, um, woody, which I, I get... I get a lot of woody from um you know they do suggest styles um but the beauty of that is that i think sometimes like the most the hop that's you'd expect to be using in a certain style actually works better in in an opposite style but yeah anyway we just sort of lean into kind of what was suggested um the 522 they really thought was like a centennial and cascade sort of combo but I, don't, I think it's nothing like it, but, you know, it's different altogether. So, yeah, you pick up, you know, you just, you get advice too from the rep is usually getting advice from Yakima Chief or whoever. And um, for people who, like, you know, I've homebrewed a bit but never really done it on a proper scale, is with a hazy, is it more confronting to use a, an unknown sort of hop? Is it sort of, because obviously you're dealing with, the colour and the, the sort of the look of the beer even more so than than you would be with a Pilsner? Yeah, it's... I think so because if you lose the tropical sort of flavour of the hop, like if you just put like some really piney and earthy hops, it's just like that's totally not the style. Whereas like you could get away with a bit of a tropical Pilsner, I think, could work great, but not the other way around. You know, it's a really kind of dank, hazy. That's just, you know, the whole idea is how fruity can you make it with sort of the hops you got. Um, so that's, yeah. the, that's the danger there. And in terms, again, Ben, for you, in terms of trying to sell a beer like this, is it one of those sort of things where it's it's trickier with the experimental hop or have you, you know, by the time you've sold your, not sold, but the allocation to the, to the tap room's gone, how much sort of beer have you got left to deal with and how does that sort of work when you're trying to give it out to the rest of the world? Yeah, this one is, um, yeah, this one just sells like most of our other hazies. Um, we're sort of getting a little bit known for the hazy IPA category, so they sort of always fly. Uh, West Coast Pilsner is that sort of bit more of a challenging one from a style. I think most breweries um, would probably you know, have a little bit of a hurdle trying to get that over the line um, with, you know, the customer not willing to always pay for something so obscure like that. Um, but, yeah, no, we don't often have too much trouble trying to sell our beers, so that's always a good thing. Um, how often is the case where, where Jeff will go, let's brew with this, and you'll just go, shit, no, no, I can't sell that. I can't, I, well, who would want to buy that? Uh, it, it happens almost the other way, I reckon. Like, oh, really? I'm just throwing a billion crazy ideas at him and, um, you know, I, I think one in ten stick and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we go for the never. Oh, yeah. 
that um, when 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 there's a style a beer that Ben really wants wants us to brew, I'm like, come down, mate, come down to Wollongong. Yeah, that's that's Another his cool. line. He's like, all that's right, the... if you want to brew this, you can brew it. I'll sit this one out. Learn how to brew and come <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's what's one that's been hit on the the nose? What's one that the what's one that you can remember that's got rejected? Oh, yeah. um, we we had a bit of a we had an issue with some products. I don't really want to get into it, but yeah, we've had to we had to we had to tip something out. Um, rejected. Oh, oh no, sorry. Yeah, cool. Oh, um, I missed the question there. Um, with Ben's styles that he wants to do, they're usually big um, dessert, crazy dessert like stouts or something. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's your fantasy, mate, not mine. I think, I think <laughs> we'd have to say the chalk mint ice cream stout sold pretty well, you know? Like, it did, yeah. It sold good. Yeah. <laughs> I get a I get a sense there's a there's a little bit of I told you it would sell. I Yeah. They go Ben. Usually uh, when we do Ben's ideas they sell. That's just yeah. No, I'm not gonna die that. <laughs> Just got to filter him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so does, it, does that mean that Ben has to clean the fermenters afterwards? That's always sort of the you know. I think ben, uh, ben gets to live up in sunny Brisbane and um in his shorts all year round and live the good life. Nah, just... <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, seems like gonna... really, that seems like a really good point to actually sort of ask a bit about well brewing backgrounds for both of you, like you yeah. sort of touched on there in the very beginning about the homebrewing background for you, Jeff, but, you know, let's go, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the farm. Let's go back to the drum kits and so forth. You know, what, what sort of led you to start to experiment for both of you in the worlds of craft beer that you've explored the same world, but sort of slightly different roads through it by the sounds of things. Yeah. Do you want me to start? Mine I had the classic upbringing where it was big family and dad had to homebrew out of necessity. Otherwise he wouldn't have been, mum wouldn't have let him buy beers. <laughs> so yeah. I was always around, you know, dad making beers, um, which is, can, can be seen as good, good and bad. I like to say it's good now because like I'm in a position that, you know, I enjoy what I do, but, um, that's where I got the inspiration from, I guess. Um, and that led me to helping him when I was younger, but then sort of revisiting when I was older and had the time to do it. And um, I remember we, I, this is this cool story. I had, we um, came back one time and dad was brewing a beer and I came back and I was like, oh, I've used all these hops and blah, this yeast and blah, blah, blah. And then dad's like, yeah, that's rubbish. Like, yeah, you don't put hops in beers. And, we had this little beer competition and everyone voted for dad's beer the most. I was so like, I took it to heart. I, um, I couldn't believe it. And I just said to myself, I'm going to, if, you know, if it kills me, I'm going to like, I'm going to learn everything I can to, you know, make great beer that, you know, not to beat him, just, you can't deny. I remember that beer. It was, it was a Christmas and, um, all the family was around and he brewed a Corona clone that beat Jeff's double dry hopped American pale ale or something. <laughs> had so much flavour. I was, I was just in awe how good it was. And then this Corona clone that his dad made just beat him by 
by you know family votes by hand. It was it was ridiculous. Now I'm really on one level. I want to know what Jeff's reaction was, but actually, what I really want to know is what Jeff's dad's reaction was. Did he did he just you know oh, he, he take off the shirt in. and run round the property? Yeah, he rubbed it in, rubbed it in my face the whole. <laughs> whole time. Okay. See, I told you. But now, look, I'm having the last laugh because I'm like, see, I told you. <laughs> but it's nice because he, he still lives up on the property, well, not the property, but the area where we grew up. So he comes down every now and again and um, loves the beers. He's slow, we're slowly getting into hoppier beers. So, you know, like everyone's dad. <clears throat> does he, Did he ever make a Mexican in- lager, though? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't, but I, actually that's something I'd like to do. For sure. Yeah, do it. I've got, I've got some ideas with it. Um, side note: we got we got a really good company in Wollongong called Mogwai um, Culture or Mogwai Yeast um, Labs. So he's propagating some really like cool yeast, and we got some strains that we're like experimenting with, and um, some on the horizon that we're going to use. So yeah, he's um, yeah he's got like tons. He's got a whole yeast bank there. Like, uh, some super exciting. And lives around the corner. We play basketball together. It's, yeah. <laughs> so it's like every night, every, every time he box my shot, I'm like, yeah, I hate you, but the yeast is good. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I, I've got to say, I do have visions of your dad down in the tap room, just sort of seeing a group of people enjoying the beers they're having and just sort of wandering over with like a little old school polystyrene esky and go, and yeah. if you reckon the son's beers are good, you should try the father's. And just yeah. popping a couple of you know, Mexican lagers on there. Yeah, I think those home brew kits, they even just, they were ale yeast back then. I, 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 I wouldn't know. Who knows what's in those cans? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so how, how do we get from that bit where you're sort of making those beers at home, you're sort of, you know, doing that sort of bit? Where, where was the bit where you go, oh, this might actually work for real? This might actually be an opportunity to mm. open the business? Um, I got, got you into the Bondi shed, the Bondi garage. There was a there was a jump there. Yeah, well, I did a lot of brewing in the shed. And I was like living um, near Bondi. It was actually um, Coogee, which is like pretty close to Bondi. If you don't know Sydney, um, and not related to your love of surfing or drumming or anything like that. No, <laughs> no, that no not at all. Um, he didn't surf heaps. No, at that point, no, I didn't. Um, but yeah, I had a look. Had the garage full of just I uh, had the crazy lab going, um, just brew equipment. wasn't too nothing too like crazy. Uh, and I used to I had a little membership going. Hey, I, I don't know if this is the start of my business move, but all I wanted to do was just keep brewing like beers. I was I, I wasn't particularly brewing just like oh cool I've now I've got another keg of beer to drink. It was just like oh well, I want to brew the next one now. And I used to just brew a lot of pale ales actually. It was. Even the same payload, and I'd just tweak a recipe. But then I'd have all these, like, kegs or, you know, I'd only have so many kegs, and I'm like, well, I need I need to get rid of it. So I convinced, like, 12 mates to give me 10 bucks a month. I said, well, you can come over and fill up growlers or whatever, whatever you want. Um, so this little membership going, and it, it covered it covered my brewing expenses, which is quite cool. But then one of the, one of the members was, like, I actually helped run a bar. So he said, well... If you get your license and get it going, I will sell kegs at the bar, and it's kind of the rest was history. I sort of jumped into the deep end with that one, but um, probably a story for another day. But it um, it led me to where I am. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I've ever. That's fantastic. We 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 won't. 
I don't think I've ever seen the actual, the big, that get thrown up before. We won't say yeah. it live. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, it's not, it's not bad. Like it was just, um, when you get involved with like partners, sometimes it just doesn't work out and it just didn't work out that way. But, you know, it got me into it, got me into the game. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm like, well, I'm so grateful and grateful for that. What were you doing officially at the time? I guess let's not concentrate on that bit so much as you know, were you studying? Were you working another job? You know, or was you know, was it just being down the beach and not surfing and um, yeah. and brewing? Was that sort of what was going? I on? was um, I was um, I was playing music and tutoring drums. So yeah, gigging on the weekend and then tutoring. I was tutoring four nights a week. The cool thing with that was you, you sort of have the daytime off, you know. You go you go tutor after school and gigs on the weekend, so, you know, wake up and I go, like, brew through the day and go teach. It was really cool. It's probably, like, yeah, the lifestyle worked really well with just, yeah, brewing beers. Um, so it wasn't so, a weekend thing for me. I could sort of do it <laughs> through the week and, yeah. So And so, Ben, your exploration of this strange world of craft beer, you know, how... Obviously, you know, you must have enjoyed having a beer or two, but how was it that you decided that you wanted to get a bit more seriously about it yourself? Yeah, well, I used to, um, yeah, be a consumer pretty, I guess, early on in the Aussie craft beer scene. I think like 2012, 13, I was, was, you know, chasing that first taste of pack ale as, you know, a lot of punters were and, you know, Cavalier Brown Ale was another favourite of mine that I sort of, you know, was just obsessing over. Um, I was going to Sydney for work a little bit and that's where, you know, me and Jeff started hanging out a lot more. I'd, I'd go stay at the house at Coogee or Newtown and I'd be like, man, can we can we do like five breweries this, this weekend in Marrickville? And yeah, we've got some cool old photos, you know, hanging out at Batch and all those kind of Willie the Boatman, like, early on. So, yeah, we, I don't know, just I get obsessed with things pretty easy. And, um, yeah, we, you know, bonded over that pretty hard and I haven't let go since. So, I mean, it's probably worked out well that Jeff's um, other ideas guy left and I slotted in there, so... You, you come from sales too, so... Um, yeah, I'm sort of a retail sales background, so um, sort of understand how important it is to, you know, keep everyone happy and, um, you know, smile and sell beer is pretty easy, I reckon, especially when it's tasty. <laughs> it's all about the smiling, I'm told, so that's the <laughs> bit of it that, that really counts in there. Um, so was there a time or a particular beer where you guys sort of thought, ah... Oh, hang on, this is the beer, like, where do you really get to that point of going, this could be a serious enterprise rather than just hanging out, doing things in sheds, let's go to Wollongong, let's make this work. How does that happen? I've got, one that, I've got one that I remember that Jeff made, so um, I don't know if, if it's his shining moment, but the, I think there was an acai beer, um, like a fruited I can't even remember if it was a pale ale or a fruited sour or something back in the day. and But, yeah, it was like a purple beer and it was, you know, a good a good six or seven years ago now and um, before beers started being coloured like that. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool and 
followed his journey pretty um pretty full on since. So yeah. And Jeff, for you, was there that sort of bit where you've gone, oh no, it's real now, you know, we're paying for some proper equipment, we're renting a proper space or anything like that. Was there a moment where you could sort of go, oh no, we're really all in? Um there, there was, it sort of, it's come in stages for me. So I started obviously um, co- uh, contracting um, when, when we, going back to that story, actually with Grassy Knoll. Uh, so that rolled, started with that. And then that rolled into um, getting opportunity to come down to Wollongong. And I was gypsy brewing out of a brewery down here called Bullo Brewing. And that led to another thing. And then this sort of, it just all sort of landed on the lap a little bit. And it was like, I, to, the brewery was the biggest commitment I found. Um, and that took a good six months to actually come around to. And I think never, we're, we're not super business savvy. Well, we didn't come from business backgrounds and stuff. So like we guess following sort of that gut instinct or the feel, um, we definitely now we look at numbers and, think we're a little bit more wise with it all but um there wasn't any particular particular moment i don't think um we sort of went definitely when we signed to take over the brewery that was the big one <laughs> that's how we're in now um i mean yeah once once you put some money over the counter that's that's where you sort of like well well i'm not losing this money that's that's where you wake up at three o'clock in the morning i'm not saying yeah. with buyers regret but you realize you have a clear idea what you've done you've made your life choice yeah that's right yeah yeah um, we've got a couple of regular questions i'm going to ask one uh, mr Wu might ask one then we mm-hmm. might have a little break but i guess for home brewers or people who are at that sort of upper end of home brewing and dreaming of starting their own place is there a bit of advice that either of you would have you know how you approach the market if you know you've been you know how do you actually sort of start to sell you know a new brand into a market or just things you've learned along the way that would be good advice for someone who's never done it before. Yeah, I'm, like I'm going to briefly just um, probably say having like having like one or two just really solid beers that you get behind. I think um, people don't give much um, importance to just a simple payload or just like classic everyday beer. Like they might sort of do it and it's not, you know, there's probably so many things that you could focus on. So it's really kind of, working on that it's like you know it takes practice sometimes and like you learn through your mistakes and then and then another one is branding i just feel like branding gets just really i mean not these days so much but i see a lot of brands out there that haven't like a can design or a, a brand design hasn't really popped enough and they wonder why no one wants to pick it up off the shelf because sometimes you do judge a book by its cover and that helps you know we, we were pretty lucky because we got now, we get a lot of people that might say, oh, I just got your, got your can off the thing because it looked pretty, but the beer's awesome. Like, you know, it sort of it just really helps. <laughs> like, mm. You sort of hope that it doesn't, but, you know. It is There's, um, whenever I hear someone say, you don't judge a book by the cover, well, the title's on the cover and the author's name's on the cover. So why the <laughs> fuck wouldn't you judge a cover yeah, that's true. by the cover? Yeah. Um, oh, which is a different a... kettle of fish and not quite the right story for Dilla. Um I love this question, this next question that we, we often ask, I love, because particularly with people who've got a home brewing background because a commercial brewery 
often has a couple of luxuries that a home brewer doesn't get. Uh, what's your favorite bit of kit in the brewery? What's the thing that uh, you you just kind of love working with? Um, Go a follow-up question too, but let's let's start with that one. I'm not going to say I love, love, it's not my favorite thing, but it's the luxury, like CIP carts need unsung heroes. The fact that you can, you know, fill up your reservoir, caustic and sanitizer and clean a tank without sort of getting in there and scrubbing is mm-hmm. coming from a home brew well, like that's, you know, that's a great bit of equipment. Like yeah. our, um, our CIP cart um, had a bit of a malfunction this morning and it just, it can really ruin your day. <laughs> you, you sounded so, a bit stressed this morning when we spoke. I've got to say, actually, that that happened in my car. I had a um, I lost steering in my car, so yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> Thankfully, it all sorted. It was an easy fix in the car in the CRP car. We we somehow you know fixed some. Well, we I don't know how we fixed it, but it came back. If you don't know how you fixed it, I'm not sure it's fixed, but pass it, had, it from me to it say. It has a random reset. Okay, it had a, had a random reset, reset button, like, sort of in the panel where the fuses are and stuff. And we don't know what it does, but we saw it said reset. I'm not kidding. It worked. And I stand by Believe my answer. Not, just, for the, just for when the TAC come and, you know, <laughs> investigate what happened. <laughs> What's what's your next bit? Of, my follow up question is: What's the next bit of equipment that you're you're looking forward to getting? Where and I think this question says where you are as a brewery in a lot of ways. Like, um, we're actually looking at um, and we're redesigning a new brew house, which is probably pretty big. It's not a little bit of equipment, but yeah, that's super exciting for me. Um, and then the next one's a canning machine. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. We use East Coast canning now. And we use them a lot. We use them like every fortnight. Um, it would help with our schedule a lot more, and it, yeah, it could help us push out beers a bit quicker. And yeah, just yeah. be a lot. Yeah. But the brew brew house is something that we're really. The last year, I've been, um, you know, thinking about. <laughs> it's one thing I think about a lot. Nice. That yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, yep. I think now would be a good time to to have a break, stretch our legs, clean our glasses, do all that stuff. Because next up is Dougie's chocolate quarter, which is good fun 